You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me is my partner, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great, great to be here. Um, you know, I, I'm just glad we're uh, we're able to have a, a regular week, right? Right. right? So there. yeah, not only is it a regular week, it is a, a victory Sunday. As we discuss uh, the victory from Friday. Kind of like a two-victory Sunday. Yeah, really. Because at this point last week, we weren't sure if right. the win was going to happen. We felt fairly certain it was, being up 26 nothing. The restart on Monday it came out with the W, but I'm not sure it went as planned or as expected or as hoped by the uh, the coaches or the players. But uh, Wilson did beat Cheltenham 40 to 26 in the restart game on Monday. Supposed to be like late afternoon, got delayed again because of storms. And then still took forever. Yeah. And then it, it took an entire regular game just to play two and a half quarters, essentially. So, yeah, it was, it was something. Monday was wacky. Glad that's over with. Glad that we're done with that. Done with, by and large, the non league schedule. I understand Mifflin is a non league game. But it's a rival game. They're a fellow LL team. They're Section 2. Non-league. It's non-league, I know. But the first three weeks are kind of where you're trying to figure yes. things out. Then you enter the league schedule, and that's where we're at. Wilson Redding happened Friday night, and we're going to discuss all of that here tonight on Episode 9 of the Bulldog Hour's ninth season. Despite um, my forgetfulness to change the cover photo, I quick did that and left the music play a little longer than usual. I, all this stuff I got together and the one thing I should have replaced immediately and forgot to do. But yes, ninth episode, ninth season, recapping Reading, previewing undefeated Cedar Crest. Yeah. Huge game set for league game number two this Friday down in South Lebanon, going to Cedar Crest, Earl Bolt Stadium. Justin, I love to go there. We're excited to return. We're not doing our post-game live Bulldog Hour, which we did two years ago. That is not happening. It did not go well last I forget time. why we did it. Because I was, I went to Knoebels on Sunday. Okay. Wasn't, okay. wasn't sure I'd be back by right. this time to do the show. Didn't want to skip the show. Don't like to do that. But the live show also didn't go as planned because apparently the cell reception out there was really shoddy. Yeah. And it it wrecked havoc on not only the video, but the audio too. The audio was was terrible. So we're not doing that again. Uh, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of the Cedar Crest athletic director who uh, we spoke to in the parking lot during that yeah. uh, during that show. If you want to hear more about that story, talk to us off air. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing really to do with us. Don't, no. don't think we got in trouble. It had nothing to do with that. But... Uh, Still interesting, interesting that was two years ago. Yeah. So uh, let's hope for a Bulldogs win over the Falcons this Friday. And we will preview that game in the second half of the show tonight. But before we talk Reading or Cedar Crest, let's thank our sponsors. Presenting season nine of the Bulldog Hour is Bill Mays, my dad, and Mays Sandwich Shop, and White Star Tours. 
appreciate the support this year for the show. And not to be outdone, Justin, I had to make an edit to the next slide because our All our right, friend, our man, Andy Hur, joining the season nine sponsors list. So in addition to May Sandwich Shop and White Star Tours, we want to thank Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com, the Hop family, Andy Hur getting back on board with us here at the Bulldog Hour, and of course, our five anonymous donors. And those sponsorships, advertising, in-kind donations are are wonderful we love them and you can certainly keep doing that for us here at the show please do visit the website bulldoghour.com and also take advantage of justin's favorite thing to help us out yeah like and share right that helps um help spread the word help spread the show um, and it also helps us know like what what you guys want to hear Exactly, yeah, for sure. And for the first time this season, we have post game interviews yeah, coming up. Yeah, we we didn't get to do that. You know, we don't talk to players or coaches after losses. And Monday was just wacky. I think everyone just wanted to get out of there, so we didn't been talk. There like an hour, at least an hour longer than anyone was really anticipating. Oh, so. at least, yeah, yeah, for sure. But we did get to talk to some players and a coach. Yeah. Uh, after the win against Reading. So we will be doing that. But please do help us out on social platforms. Like and share. Rate and review on podcast places. And subscribe on YouTube. Check out Wilson Bulldogs Football on there. Or if you want to, subscribe on Twitch. If you're on that site, you'll have to go to Joe Mays and JRAF. That is where we broadcast on Twitch. All right. So our next live show will be one week from now. Sunday, September 24th, 8.30. All the normal places. Facebook and YouTube are definitely the most popular, though. Pulling up the schedule here just to give everyone a reminder. We are already oh, down to the bottom of the schedule graphic Ooh. as we recap the win against the Red Knights and preview the upcoming game this coming Friday, September 22nd against Cedar Crest. Next Sunday is it marks the halfway mark of yeah. well, well Friday night is the halfway mark of our guaranteed games. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I did I just mentioned to I uh, guess I guess after last week I should be careful what I call anything a guaranteed game. Well, but of our regularly scheduled games. As after or leading up to the twenty twenty season, I was very careful about yeah. saying yeah. these are the games we expect to play <laughs> yes. because yes. things were very wacky that year and now every year I'm just thankful that we get at least ten games and right. that's always the hope. I, I said to my, my daughters this evening that our middle school football schedule, this is our fifth week. We only have 10 weeks, so we are halfway at the end of this yeah. week. The high school team halfway through their regular season games Friday night with Cedar Crest. So that is a look ahead. Uh, don't look too far into the horizon because you will see the rival Mustangs coming up here really soon, that game at Gursky this year. All right, last thing to talk about before we get into the actual gameplay from Friday night against Reading. It was also, uh, well, twofold. First, it was gold out, uh, which the uh, student body has been doing now for a number of years during uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, where gold, gold ribbons, they were uh, canning for a Wilson Minithon, and uh, a bunch of people were wearing the gold out shirt. You probably saw them if you were at the game on Friday night, and that's uh, always a great cause. And the Tradition Club's annual event was also Friday night, and it was Chad Henny night, presented by the Wilson Football Tradition Club. We had uh, the man himself over at a tent to meet and greet with the fans and community, especially all the little kids, excited to meet the 15-year NFL veteran, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, Justin and I took advantage of that, got to uh, hang out with Chad, you uh Austin got to meet him. Natalie got to meet yeah. him. Uh, just an all-around great time. I do have a full, nearly 
photo album, 400 picture photo album up on the social media site. So if you were at that event, I took your picture. It is up there, uh, free to grab courtesy of the Wilson football tradition club. And the first, uh, we said a hundred, we actually had 125 pre-signed footballs to give away nice. and we get, went through all of them. I think oh, Chad met good. close to, if not over 200 people. Nice. Uh, so it was a great turnout when, went smoothly, uh, credit to all the help from, uh, my dad, Bill, and uh, Hallie, and Barry, uh, and uh, Marcy helped us out. Natalie, everyone appreciate all the help we got to get the event going, and of course, also uh, from Drew and the athletic department for uh, allowing us to do it. I had to laugh when we went to get in line. Your dad makes a joke. Oh, well, you know, like the line's closed off here. You know, like that kind of joke, which doesn't surprise me at all. And then we get to the front of the line and Natalie's sitting there and makes essentially the exact same joke. <laughs> and I just had to laugh so hard at that. It, it was she awesome. Wonder it where was, she gets it. It was great. From. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. And you can see if you're watching the show here with us, there's a, a photo. This is from the Reading Eagle taken on Friday night at halftime. Not only uh, were we operating the meet and greet before the game, but at halftime, the tradition club wanted to recognize Chad for his accomplishments. Uh, in his professional career, but we wanted to highlight specifically his Wilson career. So we got a custom football made by the ball girl, Jamie, who's been doing She's wonderful work for what, over four or five years now. Yeah. We've uh, gotten a few commissioned balls. They're actually in the studio right behind me. I have a few. We gave one out to Coach Wolber on his 200th victory as a Wilson assistant coach. And she did another phenomenal job. I, I didn't put together close ups of the ball. I was afraid. I didn't want it to get out. I didn't want Chad to see it ahead of time, but it lists his. Uh, career accomplishments and accolades and highlights uh, from his time at Wilson. So it's all in red and white bulldogs all over at number seven. It's really cool. I'll try to remember to post pictures of it. And actually uh, the ball girl herself usually posts a, uh, a photo of yeah. it after we award right. them. Right. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll see if Jamie posts one here coming up soon, but uh, congratulations to Chad. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, him going along with it. And it was great to see him and his family having such a good time during the event. All right, Justin. Well, enough of that. Let's get to the game. Friday night, Wilson got the victory. They were up actually 38-0. I believe the final was 38-14. Is that where we finished? I think so. 38-14. Yeah. Starters only played, what, one or two series maybe in the second half. Uh, got the running yeah. clock, and, yep. and they checked out. We're done. And that's exactly what we wanted to see. We hadn't gotten to see that the first Absolutely. three weeks of the year. Finally got it against uh, rival Reading in week four. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was very much and and a little bit of uncertainty coming in with a, another weird week leading up, just because of the weird weekend last weekend and into Monday. Uh, so that threw things off a little bit this week, but they were able to come out and handle the business and do exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, you know, defense really got us started. You know, making a couple of strong statements. You know, with some get getting some turnovers early. Offense, you know, did their job. It, it was it was good to see that they handled their business, and then, like you said, to come out and get the running clock going um, relatively quickly into the third was was awesome. Just because you know you you did have that short week, so you're able to get some of your starters and and some of those uh, guys who generally have to play more downs. You were able to get them some rest. I mean, if you want to use that term, not maybe not a ton, but at least a few. Uh, a f a little bit of a uh, a break there, so going into this huge week next week, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, it was 
They handled their business, and it was what you like to see because there had been just so much uncertainty going back to last Thursday, well, last Wednesday, I guess, and then through Monday and and everything, just so much off schedule to just kind of go out and handle your business was exactly what you want to see from the guys. Yeah, and Reading was facing the same thing yes. that Wilson was. Yes. They had to play Monday. I think they were on the road on Monday. They too. were. They were down at Red Line. Which is not a short drive. No, and they, they came out on the wrong side of the scoreboard on that one. Uh, had a little bit of issues with uh, scuffles and penalties that they were down a few players Friday night for our game. And they never really felt in sync in the game Friday night against Wilson. No, not at all. They were. We're obviously breaking in a new quarterback yeah. because of the uh, his inability to play against us on Friday, and it started off tough. They fumbled. Now Wilson was only able to get a field goal. Ben Rada kicked a field goal to get the scoring started. Wilson went up three nothing on that first drive. Uh, then the next drive resulted in another fumble, and that was when Cam Zulinger picked it up, got into right. the end zone. Wilson's up ten nothing, and no, you know we're only what like three minutes into the game or something yeah. like that. Wilson offense. What did, did a little bit on that first drive that resulted in the field goal, but not enough. You were right. kind of like, oh, we can't, we can't be settling for field goals. Right. Right. And then the defense scores right. <laughs> go up 10, nothing. Uh, but then the offense started to, to get going. Uh, they forced a punt on the next Reading drive after right. going up 10, nothing, which I believe Edison case took back to the house. Was that the one that he returned? I don't, I don't remember. Well, if it wasn't that one, it was probably the next one. Uh, but that was called back because of a penalty. Right. So it was nice to see. Edison Which I also I got distracted on that because the ref, the head official, yeah. like fell. And the white hat injured, referee, right, got injured and came over and saw the training staff. But then he was unavailable the rest of the game. Yeah, he passed I mean, the he, hat I off, think, and like he was okay, you know, but. Um, he wasn't able to kind of continue refing. Uh, and so because of that, he, uh, they had the, the crew had to adjust. You might yeah. have noticed they, they kind of had to huddle up and rearrange there and stuff. So it makes it a little tougher because they're used to having the bigger crews for the high school games where there's more they need to be watching, obviously, uh, kind of going to more of a, a makeshift like setup there. Yeah. So that was the punt return that was called back from a legal block. So Wilson took over at their 20 and a big pass, big pass from Tommy Hunsaker to Monty Greer for 49 yards already yes. flipped field position in favor of the Bulldogs. And a few plays later, Edison case got back in the end zone on a pass from Tommy Hunsaker. So just, Two games, and actually you mentioned before the game, it's really only one and a half games because this game, the starters barely played in the second right. half. Edison Case making his uh, presence felt both yeah. offensively last week, offensively and special teams this week, and we expect defensively this coming week against Cedar Crest. So, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, isn't it amazing? You get one of your best players back and and things start to look a little different. Right, and and more, most experienced players. You know, like right. he, he's got a lot of experience yeah. under his belt. So. He, he was thrust into a starting role at safety as a sophomore already. Right. Uh, looked really good doing it then and just exploded last year as a junior. So it's great to have him back now uh, healthy and ready to go. And... So Wilson went up 17-0 on the case touchdown. Uh, there was another fumble on the next series by Redding. Christo Hunsiger recovered that one. And just a couple plays later, he connected with Max Gruber to put Wilson up 24-0. 
That was quite a catch that he had. Yeah, it was. That was yeah, on was. the big tickets. Sam Marcinek was there from 69 News. He told me that that was one of the uh, one of the best catches he's seen this year. We've already had a um, a big ticket, you know, play of the week from Tommy Hunsaker's yes. crazy runaround touchdown pass to Jackson Wagner in the lost Central Dolphin. Maddox one-handed touchdown grab against Redding is up for that this week. We won't find out till tomorrow night. So keep voting for Maddox's one-handed touchdown grab to be the 69 News big ticket uh, play of the week. You can do that right now on their website. But that was fantastic. So up 24 nothing. That is how the first quarter would end. Redding would have to punt on their next series. Wilson would return the favor and punt on theirs as well before forcing yet another Redding punt. And then we would see Wilson get back in the end zone. Once again, it would be Maddox Gruber's second touchdown of the night. And after the Ben Rada extra point, Wilson would be up 31 to nothing. And that's where we would go into halftime. So very close to that mercy rule that Wilson's been searching for. Thought we'd get it against Cheltenham and the restart didn't happen, but Wilson came out in the third quarter, uh, ready to go immediately drove down the field and culminated with a third touchdown pass from Tommy Hunsiger to Maddox Gruber. This one, 38 yards. And he did a lot of that work. It was a, a short pass. It uh, could have been more than five, 10 yards at most downfield. And then Maddox made a bunch of people miss yeah. and, and dove into the end zone. The extra point was good from Ben Rada and Wilson went up 38 to nothing. At that point, all the reserves uh, came into the game and they gave way to the JV for mo most of the second half. So it was an all-around good effort. I know we don't like to see the uh, shutout end. We like to see that zero right. there. Redding did get a couple late touchdowns to make the score 38-14, to 14, but really much better. Uh, Coach Dom singled out how much better the special teams have looked of late, especially in this game better, against Redding. Yes. Capitalizing and forcing turnovers was a key tonight. Still too many penalties, especially yeah. one that's wiping points off the board in terms of the case punt return. Yeah. But overall, uh, pretty good effort from the Bulldogs. Still, the major thing was trying to find proper depth and having the reserves ready to go in case they are needed. And that has been the focal point over the last few weeks. I was going to say, get guys ready. It. You've seen it. You've seen guys kind of stepping into roles, uh, maybe a little earlier than you, than you were expecting or or thinking. But you know, hey. Guys are, are making plays when they're called upon, and we you need that. Um, again, that's all part of this early season stuff. You know, the first couple games didn't go how we'd like. Cheltenham was, you know, just a crazy situation, but we got through it with a win. You, you beat Reading. You handled your business there. Now, you know, things get harder as we go through into the league play now, but... Um, yeah, hopefully you've been able to develop some of that depth. Hopefully those guys continue to grow and get better each week. Um, and then you hopefully you're hitting your stride come, you know, the end of September and through October and hopefully well through November. Yeah, and the uh, the, the depth has been tested uh, at safety primarily. That's the big one that yeah. stands out. You know, Edison Case and Adam Woods were the projected starters throughout the summer. Then uh, Edison got banged up, you know, at the first start of heat week, hasn't been able to play until recently. Adam Woods dealing with some stuff. Jackson Wagner filled in there. He's, he's been out injured recently. 
then uh, Herb stepped in. He got injured. Uh, so we're ro- rolling with a couple sophomores, uh, Mason and Luke, this week. Yeah, um, did a nice they, job. They're very happy with the job really that, nice that job, they yeah. did. And I'm sure we're going to see both of them back there. Well, and that's a perfect example of guys who maybe – and I saw Mason was thrown in there in the uh, Cheltenham game too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, guys who you, maybe you weren't expecting, you know, to them to get out there – when the starters are still out there. Um, but they've stepped up and done a really nice job and kind of learning on the fly. We just talked about it. Eddie got thrown in there as, as a sophomore and like, yeah, yeah. You know, they, you're going to be inexperienced as a 10th grader and you just do as, how do you, in respond? that case, you do what coach Sands and coach Wilbur telling you to do, you know, with the DBs and as the defense in general. And, just remember the things you've practiced. You be ready to go because you never know when you're going to get called upon to go in and need to make some plays. And hey, just do your job, right? We say it all the time. Yep. And uh, that that's been happening these last few weeks. So yeah, it's nice it, to it's see. It's kind of fun to see. And you know, on the flip, like Monty had some carries against uh, Cheltenham when we needed to ice it out. He had a couple big plays. You know, he was flying down on special teams, made a couple tackles. And also had that big, like, kind of screen pass kind of thing. Hey, young guys step up. Yeah. And, and not just young guys, but other guys who, too, when, when you get in there, make, make the most of your chance. Let's quickly run through some statistics here. Uh, Justin, if I told you that Wilson had a net rushing of eight yards, would you think Wilson won that game? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, would I believe it? And I would say yes, because I handed you the stat sheet. You handed sheet. me the right, stat yes. sheet and I think pointed um, it out. Right. Uh, now, You've also qualified that before because sacks yes. go against in, in high rushing school total. and in college, um, which college I find it really weird. But sacks go against your rushing total. Yes. So yeah. So Wilson was credited with 19 total rushes for 54 yards, but because of sacks, especially later in the game right. when the the reserves and the JV were playing, uh, Mason was running around a lot trying right. to make a play and, and making some guys miss. Oh no! <laughs> like, he, oh I, my gosh! Obviously, that yes. sacks were not not his fault at all. Right. It was just Redding had their starters in going right. against our uh, younger guys. They right. were a little. Uh, Baptism by fire there, yeah. getting thrown to uh, them. Uh, but, hey, you, you are only going to get better by playing people that are, are better than you right now. Right. So raise your game. But, you know, Wilson ended up with eight rushing yards, didn't really need it. Um, not a lot of options, opportunities for the rushing game because the passing game was clicking once right. again. Uh, passing game was there. Defense scored. Like, it. That all that is kind of a perfect storm for that. Right. And and it could go down as, you know, some kind of stats book notation because how often does Wilson rush for less than ten yards? But in the end it doesn't matter because you got the victory. And how many times have they rushed for less than ten yards and, and won the <laughs> and, game? And won the game. That would By be mercy interesting roll. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> interesting. But Tommy Hunsaker once again, whew. Uh yeah. Yeah, a, li- a little rocky start against Roman Catholic, but man, has he turned Turned it on, uh, but, second half of that game, and through these next three. But you know what? I How heard. Phenomenal. I heard a lot of people, even after that Roman game, including, including um, a guy I met who was helping out Cheltenham. He's not involved with their system, but he was here on Friday. He wasn't back on Monday, or he was here last Saturday. He wasn't here on on Monday. Um, but he uh, he helps with some video stuff, and he was he was like, "Man, your quarterback is a tough kid." And I'm like, "Yeah." And we heard that from a lot of people. Um, including, I think, from from some of the guys you'll hear from later tonight. Um, they just talk about Tommy's toughness and leadership and, and things like that. Hey, 
yeah, he he kind of took it on the chin, literally, and <laughs> um, against Roman. They they were putting some hits on him, but like he hung in there and led the team and even made some plays there, um, and has continued to develop this season. And I, you know, yeah, I didn't I, mean to cut you off, but man, his development from last year to this year, yeah, is, I almost is huge. I, I almost feel like develop is kind of like downplaying it. It's yeah. been a, an, yeah, it's I, been I don't want to undersell a, it. <laughs> a breakout or breakthrough. It, I know um, media, Mike Drago, Paul Roberts were talking about how good he played against Harrisburg at the end of last yeah. year. Yeah. So now we're kind of seeing him build on that, take it to the next level. Tommy was 10 of 13, 241 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. His number one tar- target was is our player of the game this week is junior wide receiver defensive back Maddox Gruber who had six catches for 153 yards and three touchdowns uh, and he had all three of them in a row to basically close out the game. That's got to be up there with one of the better all time wide receiver it's, performances. It's, but it's not even the highest this season because <laughs> oh, Eddie yeah. last yes, week. Yes. You're right. So so what distorted that for me was. One, it seems like longer ago than it really was because we finished it after the show. Right. And two, it was split up. So it almost yeah. seems like two separate games. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. So I believe, I think Case finished in the 170s last week. Okay. Honestly, he might have had that all in I, the first I, I one and a half quarters. Because I, I was wondering that. Because I think Wilson's single game record in receiving is in like the 190s. Okay. So I knew Case was getting very close. I don't remember if he caught any more or caught enough yardage wise to break that. I don't have to think check he out did. the stats book. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I probably do have one sitting around here somewhere. I got the new one, but of course, I, it's at the sandwich shop right now. But uh, yeah, so great re- receiver efforts the last few weeks uh, individually through the arm of Tommy Hunsaker getting to Case last week, Gruber. Friday night, yes. Yeah, six catches, 153 yards, three touchdowns for Maddox. So he is our player of the game for the win against Reading High. He, I mean, Monty Greer was the next leading receiver with two catches for 54 yards. It seems that when Tommy needed to get the ball out and find someone, it was going to Hunsaker. Case finished with just one catch for 27 yards. Now it was for the touchdown. Right, right. Um, but yeah, 13 catches total, 262 receiving yards, four touchdowns from the receivers. Uh, and for the first time this year, I believe uh, someone other than Tommy attempted a pass. So we saw Mason Young and Cole Peterson both attempt yeah. passes in this game. But overall, you know, we said it. It was, it was a very, very good game. Defensively, uh, Christo Hunsaker led the way with four or excuse me, four tackles, one for loss, which was the sack, and also a fumble recovery that was forced by senior defensive back Jonah Pertet. Uh, team was also credited with two additional forced fumbles. Uh, Austin Valukiewicz had a fumble recovery, and obviously we mentioned Cam Zulinger had a fumble recovery that he returned for a touchdown. So, yeah, I, I don't know much else to say about the Reading game. It, I, no, it, no, it was just good. Kind of, I'm, I'm happy with the way it went. Kind of to put a bow on the quarterback talk, like we've like we talked. Um, we we did we did some quick math. It wasn't so quick, but we did some math uh, comparing the stats. Um, yeah. So said, go ahead. No, it, last year Tommy Hunsaker quarterback, 11 games, 1,065 yards, and 11 touchdowns through for the entire season. 11 games. Justin, this year. Where's Tommy at after four games? 
He's at nine something. Nine hundred fifty-nine yeah. yards yeah. and nine touchdowns. Right. So a uh, little bit of a different, a little bit of a different offense. Yeah. Everything's funneling well, through Tommy. Everyone's kind of talked about that, you know, a little bit before. And and we talked about it before the show too. Like the offense looks different, but there's no cam this year. But we see it when we look at the stats. There's different guys stepping up each week. And that's what we said it back at the beginning of the season. That's what it was going to take. We said it as, you know, we hit some bumps in the road early in the season. That's what it's going to take. And we continue to say it now, even with two wins, you know, like that's what it's going to take. And guess what? When we move on to Cedar Crest, that's what it's going right. to take. We guys get two different guys to continue to step up. Yeah, and obviously the return of Edison Case has been huge yes. for the receiving core. He was a kind of a featured guy against Cheltenham, had a great game, uh, over 170 receiving yards. Now this week, they cut him off a little bit. He's still got a, still got a touchdown, but we saw because of the demand, the defense has to focus on him so much, Maddox Gruber taking yep. it to the next level in the win against Reading High. So. Wilson's got their feet under them, starting to get healthy, starting to move in the right direction. We saw AJ Matta come back this yeah, week. Didn't yeah. play a lot. I think it might have just been one series, yeah. but he missed the first three games and most of the entire summer training sessions with an injury. He's now back. Hopefully, he can play more against Cedar Crest. But yeah, things looking better now in West Lawn as we move into uh, the halfway point of the regular season. But before we preview our game against Cedar Crest, we did finally, Justin, get to speak to some people after a victory. And first up, we're going to talk to our touchdown scorers. What better way to do it? We've had five touchdowns from three different guys, and we talked to all of them. So let's take a few minutes now to listen to uh, Cam Zulinger, Edison Case, and Maddox Gruber. All right, here we are post game after Wilson's second win of the season, first league win tonight over Reading, thirty eight to fourteen. And here with us are all three of Wilson's touchdown scorers tonight. These three gentlemen scored all five Wilson touchdowns. Uh, guys, how's it feel to get your first league win? It's great. Yeah, really, really good. And Cam, how did it feel to start off the uh, game with a defensive touchdown? I mean, that was. Unbelievable, but it was all a team effort. My tight end buddies, Mike and Brady, came in with the hit, let that ball out loose for me. I honestly thought you were getting a second one because I think that ball was out and oh, yeah. picked it up again, I, but they whistled. I think whistled. so, too, but I might be a little biased on that one. I don't know. Well, me too, but I, th- I think you would have gotten it. Yeah. So, uh, Edison, you got a punt return for a touchdown, called back. We yeah. made up for it then in the passing game. Uh, how does it feel to be now two games under your belt after missing the first two weeks? Uh, it just helps more and more. Like I'm learning the different ways to catch with like my brace and stuff. So just keeping it rolling now. So. Now this was your first game that you were able to attempt the punt returns. Anything you had to focus on this week to get ready mentally, physically? Uh, just keep doing what I'm doing. Taking steps forward. Maddox, three straight touchdowns for Wilson tonight, including one that. We may be seeing on the big ticket as a uh, play of the week. Uh, Walk us through your one-handed touchdown in the end zone. Um, So that play wasn't like a play or a playbook. Coach Pond was kind of just like, run a bubble go. So I was like, as soon as Tommy pumps, he run a go, and I did. I just got to give props to Tommy. Yeah, talk a little bit about your quarterback so far. An incredible uh, three weeks here now. Um, Tell us what Tommy Hunziker means to this team. He's a tough kid. Yeah, take it. Hit, some of the hits he takes, takes uh, yeah, he just, just never gets up. Yeah. 
you think a play is dead, and I mean, that CD play two weeks ago showed it all. You thought that play was dead 15 seconds, and then boom, touchdown. Yeah, I talked with uh, Sam from 69 News, and he said it's the best play he's seen this year to date, and he's been at more than just the Wilson game. So uh, pretty high praise for your quarterback. Uh, great defensive effort tonight. I know Edison not back on defense quite yet, uh, but Maddox, Cam, all over the place tonight, pitching a shutout well into the second half of this game. Uh, what was the game plan from Coach Walber this week? What, what did you want to aim to uh, stop from the Red Knights? We wanted to stop the Well, we obviously want to stop we knew we knew they were going to come in run heavy just shut it down and get better at what we're doing all right so uh gold out tonight uh great great night as always also chad henny night uh, what's it mean, mean to you to interact with chad this year as first year as an assistant coach with you guys the things he's teaching us is just i never knew like i never knew it was like that he he's really smart he's a really smart just telling everybody to be confident in what you're doing. Um, I don't know, like for me at least with receiver stuff, he'll be like, yeah, maybe run this this way instead of this way because you'll be more open. It's just like taking your game to the next level. Yeah, it, it's special. It's a cool experience. Not everybody gets to have an NFL quarterback, a Super Bowl champ in the room with them. Like to learn from him and some of the adjustments he can make on the fly during the game is just it's crazy. All right, well, guys, appreciate you taking a few minutes here to talk with us on the Bulldog Hour. We look forward to following you to Lebanon next week for league game number two against Cedar Crest. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. All right, so that was our first post-win interview session with some of the Wilson football players. Great to hear from our touchdown scores. Thought that was a great interview. Got to ask him about uh, working with the man of the night, Chad Henney. Talked about at the top of the show, Wilson Football Tradition Club honoring him. And, well, we took advantage of that and asked him for an interview after the game. Wanted to talk to him about a few topics, including the report that, well, the Jets wanted them to come back to the National Football League. Let's hear what Chad had to say. All right, now joining us is Wilson assistant coach Chad Henney. On Chad Henney night here at Gursky Stadium, uh, did you enjoy tonight, Chad? Was it a good time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the community showed out. And, I mean, got to meet a lot of new people, see some old faces. But at the same time, it was great. You know, I mean, you set it up. And, you know, it, it was a fun night to just see everybody come out. And obviously, we got the win as well. Yeah, uh, best part of the night for sure, getting that W against Reading. Uh, you had a few of those in your day, a couple of memorable games we were just talking about. Um, what, what, what's it been like to be back coaching uh, high school kids? A little bit of change of pace from a year ago at this time for you. I'll tell you what, I mean, the kids mean everything. It's, it's such a fun atmosphere here. I mean, we've been through it. We played through it. Some of the same coaches are here. But at the same time, it's a different era. But at the same time, it's still Wilson. And the kids are tough. Like, we have tough, gritty kids. And it's been a joy being around them and this coaching staff as well. So what has been your focus uh, on the coaching staff right now? What are you providing uh, to the other coaches and to the, to the student athletes? What is your role? Well, I mean, I, you know, help the quarterbacks out as much as I can, but at the same time, I've been trying to scout with them, watch film kind of week in advance, just trying to get a little game plan to present to them on Sunday nights. And then we kind of talk it over as an offensive staff and come up with, you know, what, what can we do better? What are we really good at and what can we add? And, we try not to add a lot of things. I mean, we try to stick to the, you know, basics. And then if we have a little tweak or a compliment that we can add, or I see on film that can exploit a defense, 
you know, we go and attack. So it's been fun, you know, watching the film, but at the same time, coaching the quarterbacks and just being in practice. Uh, what do you have to say about the work that Tommy Hunziker's put in through these first four games of the season? He's been great. I mean, from week one with Roman Catholic, I mean, obviously, you know, we were in the game till the third quarter. He's one tough kid. Um, he's not going to shy away from contact, which I try to pull him back a little <laughs> bit. I'm like, hey, we need you out there. Um, but he's getting better in the passing game. Obviously, Eddie Case uh, being back is a big help. But. He's just going to keep getting better, and uh, if he can throw the ball like he's been these last couple nights or weekends, uh, he's just going to only get better. And uh, we talked to a few of your uh, players, and they were giving you rave reviews of your contribution so far to the uh, Wilson football team. Uh, and it's great to have you back here. Uh, I guess the last question is, uh, you are staying here, right? I heard some rumors that uh, there was a team reaching out to you. It may have been an, an injury recently. Uh, what do you have to say about uh, the NFL right now? Yeah, I mean, the Jets reached out, and I was with the coaching staff, and they were mostly in Jacksonville with me, and we're very close friends. Um, I just didn't feel it was the right opportunity. I mean, I didn't train. I wasn't in training camp, so it would take me a while to skip back. But at the same time, I'm enjoying my time with my family and being here, so it's kind of fulfilling my football aspirations right now. And I was like, I'm having too much fun here. I'm not gonna go get my head beat in somewhere else and <laughs> possibly have to play, you know, 12 games out there. Yeah, well, everyone in West Lawn breathed a sigh of relief as I think that uh, that window started to close after the rumors were out there. <laughs> everyone was freaking out that, oh my gosh, is Chad going back to the NFL? But everyone's happy to have you here for sure. As we could tell tonight, uh, the turnout was fantastic. So uh, thank you for joining us now. Thank you for doing the event tonight. And we look forward to talking to you uh, the rest of this season. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, Wilson community, for coming out tonight. That was awesome. All right. So thank you to Coach Henny for taking time to speak with us following the victory over the Red Knights. And we will obviously have... Plenty more to come from Coach Doms, Coach Wolver, and we're going to make sure we get Coach Palm for yeah. a uh, post-victory discussion at some point here in the next month or so. But, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else for the, the Reading recap before we move on to Game 5? No, it was great. Like I said, lots of, lots of uncontrolled things happened in the previous 10 days leading up to that game, um, all of which can throw you off a bit, but... Yeah, I was glad they went out and handled their business. For sure. And I guess I do have one more thing because oh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a Facebook user, that's sorry, whoever left this comment for us, it's not giving me your name. But they wanted to ask a question about the refs and why weren't they announcing the penalty calls. I don't know for certain, but I would assume, Justin, it's probably because the yeah. head ref went down like just a few minutes into the first right, quarter. Right. They had the transition away from him right. being honestly, on the field. The way he fell, I don't know if something could have happened to the device or it could have been like, they weren't sure if he was coming back or anything. Like that would be my, my guess as to why. And it's, was. and it's not a necessity for, I mean, honestly, that's a relatively newer thing in high school games. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's at every most, stadium. Not every stadium has it now. So it's only been at Wilson at most a decade, probably when yeah. the renovations happened. Yeah. So it's not something that happens all the time. Uh, that's why they use the hand signals. That's what they're there for. But that would be my guess because of the injury sustained by the head referee early in the game. They weren't able to transition the microphone system, you know, teach him how to use it, where to position. They don't want to take probably more time to, to thread the mic through his right, uniform right, either. Right. So that's why it wasn't used. I'm assuming it'll be back in two weeks against Governor Mifflin. 
Okay, so here we are. Game five, Justin. Cedarcrest Falcons. Last game in that left column of the schedule. Last game in the left column. We are we're moving right along for sure. And boy, it's a big one. Yeah. They come in undefeated, four and zero. They won their first league game Friday night against Penn Manor. I know in that game they were up. I believe it was 35 to nothing. Yeah. Now the we comments talked about did, Wilson handling their business. Uh, Cedarcrest handled theirs. They, they did. They were up. Yeah, I think it was 35 nothing. They ended up winning 42 to 13. Notable for Penn Manor. It's the first points they've scored this year. Penn Manor had been shut out the first three weeks of the season. So the comments got on the board, I'm assuming, late Ooh. against the Cedarcrest reserves. So Cedarcrest started the season on August 25th against Northeast, winning that game by a shutout 24 to nothing. They then went to Harrisburg to take on Central Dolphin East. And this is the one, Justin, this yep. was a Thursday night. Okay. And it grabbed my attention when I saw the final. I don't yeah. think I saw the final until that Saturday after the Wilson right. game against Central Dolphin. I saw that X, excuse me, Cedarcrest went to Harrisburg to take on Central Dolphin East on a Thursday night and won 33 to 7. Yeah. Now, CD East is up and down, but they're not a, a bottom dweller. No. I don't know what to expect from them this year. I don't know if they're a, a good squad or not. Or not. They're 2-2 two and two right now. They just took Cumberland Valley to overtime, though. Yeah. Yeah. So that one definitely gets my attention. And they crushed Redding in Week 1. They did, yeah. CD East crushed Redding in Week 1, 55-6. They, uh, and they beat Northeastern by, in a blowout fashion, but they lost to Cedarcrest by a lot, 26 points. And also to Cumberland Valley, but again, that wasn't to overtime. 31-24, they lost the CV just this past week. So Cedarcrest is 4-0. I have no idea the last time they were 4-0. I know some of the coaches said that they feel like Cedarcrest always has a fast start. Right, a and couple then, years ago, I know they had a really good start. I don't know that it was 4-0, but they had a really good start. I know that much. Uh, but then, Justin, we get into this, and we talk about this all the time. The mathematical principle, the transitive property, does not work in sports. But it doesn't prevent us and everyone else from talking about it. Team A beat Team B, who beat Team C, you know, on and on down the road. So in week three, Cedar Crest went to uh, Lidditz and beat Warwick 29 to 23. Warwick, in week one, beat Cocalico in, in the first game of the season. Cocalico has gone on to beat Mannheim Central. Right. So and, and they crushed Mannheim Central. Yeah, by 20, 48 to 28. You can't compare teams and leagues and stuff like that. And offenses are different, defenses are different, but it's just notable. What right. are we expecting from Cedar Crest? And I've been banging this drum now for what three weeks. I've yeah. been saying it ever since I saw yeah. that CDE score. I know. That this is this is a shocking development for me. Cedar Crest has been for a long time, feel like the middle of the pack. They're yeah. not up there with the one and two no. teams, Wilson and Township by and large for well, the last, what, six, seven years. Right. A few years ago when they got bumped down to section two, I know that's probably more than just a few years. Yeah. Ago, that was like, yeah. A while but, ago. But now. when they went down to section two, like it, it was at a time where like they, it's, they had been seemingly like on the rise, you know, like they had some, was it the horns that were there? Like they had some athletes, like yeah, Evan Horn. Well, we were playing against like them, so it was. I think it might have been right after the horns, right, graduated. right. But I'm saying, like they were, they were like they were gaining some traction. They went to section two, were you know gaining. I believe some, they made the playoffs when gaining, they were in section right. I think two. so, gaining some traction there, and then they came up to section one. And it was a little bumpy, but like yeah, like they're they're right there. They're not. Yeah, it, it's not like you know. 
Penn Manor who has fallen off. You know, yeah, it's Penn not Manor like, had a good couple year run and it has not right, been the same. Right. It, it's not that at all. Um, and again, you see, like, Cedarcrest, we've talked about it with Wilson. Like, you know, you play the teams that are there on your schedule, you handle your business. Well, Cedarcrest has handled their business and they've done so. Uh, rather convincingly, you know, that Warwick game was, was a close game, but they beat a, a good Warwick team that, that has some quality wins and they crushed some other teams, you know? So man, it, it definitely has your attention, has my attention. Yeah. Um, I'm confident it has our guys attention and I would hope so because I think it's going to take our full attention. So the, the, the Falcons are, uh, by and large, a, a run first team. They have a, a good athletic quarterback in uh, Jackson Custer and a ground and pound fullback in Fernando Marquez, Marquez, excuse me, who ran for three touchdowns in the win against Penn Manor on Friday. So they didn't need a lot of passing in their game against Penn Manor, but Custer is a very uh, athletic quarterback. And he can get the job done. They have one of the better and bigger uh, tight ends in the league. Yeah. Uh, and a veteran offensive line uh, that's, I believe, returning, I think, three starters from last year, including the center, Nick Lambros. So they uh, actually looks like, according to Jeff Reiner here, looks like it was four. Looks like they got four offensive linemen back from last year's team. Um, but Rob Dassin kind of made waves earlier this summer, right before the season started, uh, alluding to the bigger and better teams in Section 1 recruiting relentlessly, yeah. uh, uh, specifically naming Hempfield, Manheim Township, and Wilson. Yeah. And we talked about clear, that with clear. Mike Drago a few to weeks to ago. To be clear, his, his words, not yours. <laughs> yeah, not, no, this is not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's literally printed in the Lancaster <laughs> yeah, newspaper on the record. sports section. Uh, it actually might be in this thing that I have up right here. Let's see. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote, quote, Township, Hempfield, and Wilson should finish one, two, three in the section every year. They shouldn't lose to anybody in the section except each other. So anytime that occurs, it's a blight on them more than on us. They have the numbers. They have the resources. They have the recruiting in some cases. We know it's true, so let's acknowledge it. The pressure's on them. We control what we can control. So there you go. All right. Uh, in addition to uh, the players I already mentioned, quarterback Jackson Custer, uh, running back, uh, defensive end Fernando Marquez, uh, I was alluding to Aiden Champ, the tight end defensive end, uh, big-time player, yes. uh, getting uh, collegiate offers as well. And then a few um, athletes in Leo Torado and Jack Warrenavage. Uh, I mentioned they have four linemen back, Lambros, Long, Simone, uh, Weber, uh, Alex Abreu returns as well in the backfield. So they have a very talented crew in South Lebanon, and this could be their best team since, honestly, I don't know, because I don't remember the last time we were really concerned about Cedar Crest. I know the coaches mentioned that they usually are coming into this the game against us because we tend to have them around game five, it always feels, each year, end of September, early October. They have some momentum they haven't been able to beat Wilson, I think, since I was playing there as my as your senior year. In fact, I believe it was the twenty-one to nothing yeah. shutout loss at we Gursky in two thousand and one. We were just talking about this on Friday, I think, with Chad. Um, we were talking about this how you know we feel like 
the old men talk. Oh yeah, know, old back men in, yells back at cloud. In our back day. in our day yeah. when when we had you know the powerhouses in section one of were Redding, Redding, Cedar Crest, and McCaskey, and, McCaskey. and they and, are, and Wilson. But like right, but those were the three competitors with, yeah. with Wilson when 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 you were in school and Chad and I were playing. It, it, we just it, it's not like it is right now. And honestly, looking back on it, McCaskey was a. a big challenger throughout the 90s so that wasn't really a surprise no, in the no early they didn't 2000s. come out of nowhere no. cedar crest has never really been a a top tier team in the ll league they have a few years here and there there was a, a, a spell in like the mid 90s and then the early 2000s with brandon kirschen jaron hayes uh, that that, was that group so uh was phenomenal uh but they've only beaten wilson it might not even be a full handful of time. Of course, I didn't. I didn't look it up. I, I feel like Wilson's like twenty-seven and five against them, or some something like that. Some something ridiculous like that. So Cedar Crest. It's weird for us to think about Cedar Crest being this all-time Section One program, just because that was our experience when we were students. Right. right. It was Cedar Crest, McCaskey, and Reading. But again, even Reading. Reading has a long history, but they have have spurts as a yes. great program, but, but they haven't been a great program a since great the early program. 2000s. Uh, but we, we mentioned Hempfield with George Eager. They kind of were always in this middle tier, trying to challenge top tier with Wilson. Couldn't do it. But in the 80s and 90s, they were yeah. uh, with George uh, Yo. Yep. I, I yep. think I'm saying that yes. correctly. Uh, yes, Hempfield was the team right, right there with Oh, I'm aware because I lived next yeah, door. You, at you the, knew the time. Exactly yeah. all about it. <laughs> So uh, it's interesting. Now it's Mannheim Township. Honestly, up until recently, Mannheim Township historically wasn't uh, right. a huge powerhouse, at least consistently year in, year out. All teams have a year here and there where they're very good. Yeah. But looking at trends you know, over the last 40 years or so, you have spurts here to match Wilson. It's Hemfield for a decade, McCaskey for a decade. Township is the one up there right now. Uh, but, man, Cedarcrest this season – I, I, I'm part, I'm man. worried because I think it's the best team Cedar Crest has had in possibly two decades. Yeah, they look the part. So you know it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for the game. I, I like I like unknowns. I like the when Penn oh, Manor was coming about 2011, 2012, it's 2013. Dude, some of those Penn Manor games were Fantastic. some of the most memorable ones. Yeah. Like incredible. So it'll be interesting. I hope everyone can head down to Cedar Crest Earl Bolt Stadium yeah, it's be a Friday huge night. Game. There's going to be a good huge, crowd there. Yeah. It's going to be a huge game. So, um, you know, Cedar Crest is the smallest school in Section 1. They're, they barely break into 6A. So, you know, that's kind of where the the uh, us-against-the-world mentality is coming from, from Coach Will Dassin. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens on uh, on Friday night. It has been 22 years since Cedar Crest has beaten Wilson, and I hope that continues. Yeah. I don't want that to change. Right. Let's uh, let's make sure it doesn't, Bulldogs. We're counting on you. All right, Justin. Anything else to say from the Reading game, the Cedar Crest game, or anything else in Wilson football? Right? No, now? I'm just I'm just glad we were back. Um, you know, to the game was Friday. I'm sure they broke down their film and all that stuff this weekend, and uh, hopefully ready to go. Get a good week of practice in because um, Cedar Crest is going to take your best effort. We cannot take them lightly. Um, like I said, they, they looked the part so far. Um, you know, we, we've had some ups and downs. They've had all ups so far. So, yeah. Um, undefeated, you know, you kind of 
we we took those lumps early, but we talked about like as long as we learn and get better from those, it can it can benefit the team in the long run. Well, he, here we go. Like we we saw kind of where we were at the beginning of the year. We need to improve each week because even even in the great, you know, we played really well against against Reading. It's going to take a better effort this Friday night. You know what I mean? Um, and that's not better to say, every week. 1% right? That's not to say day. that you know looking to to mercy rule, but like the competition is a big step up. So you better be ready um, and put in the work all week, not just ready on Friday, starting this weekend with the film breakdown stuff. Be ready to go Friday night. Absolutely. 100% agree. Uh, I think that is is it, though, for us here at the Bulldog Hour this week, coming in uh, just under an hour for the show. Uh, we would not be name- changing the name of the show. It's just sometimes that's how it works out. Bulldog almost hour. <laughs> Bulldog almost an hour. <laughs> Yeah. That's all right. I think we still average them out. We're still. Oh, I think we're well over. We, an we've, hour. we've banked some time. We have. We have for sure. So, yeah. As so, you ask our wives. <laughs> season nine, episode nine, in the books here with the Bulldog almost hour, and we will be back next week for episode ten on the twenty twenty three season where we will recap the game against Cedar Crest and preview rivalry week. Governor Mifflin coming to Gursky for the first time since 2020. You know, we played in Shillington the last two years. So I know yeah. this senior class is ready to take on the Mustangs for the first time on their home turf. Yeah. And that one should be a beaut as always. Hopefully Wilson is coming off yet another victory. Sitting at three and two and looking to get yeah. to four. I, and I two hope we have some more player interviews for you next time. Right. I hope we do. I hope we do. So, all right. I think that does it for us here. Thanks again to the Wilson Football Tradition Club and Chad Henney for Chad Henney Night this past week. And uh, appreciate everyone who uh, joined us here this evening. We'll talk to you again in one week. For Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. And for the entire Wilson Football program, until next time, remember Go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.